Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to this very special edition of Divi Chat. Uh, this is episode 275 of Divi Chat, a show that has broken boundaries, surfed the edges of the known Divi universe and edged into some other galaxies like the business galaxy, or we have ventured into the WordPress cosmos a little deeper. We do like to trek through the stars and we have our own crew of the starship here. We have a very special crew for you this evening, all business leaders, so they get to choose which captain they would most like to be. Um, so let's head around the bridge of the enterprise and learn a little bit more about everyone. And we'll start with Sarah. Hey guys, Sarah Oates here with Endure Web Studios. I was going to say with Divi Chat. <laughs> Clearly, this is our first 7am uh, for us Australians here. I did see that James Hayward said he got up at 6am. You're more dedicated than me, James. I got up at 6.30. I have caffeinated, but clearly my brain is still waking up. So we'll see how we go here. It's great to be here, though. And for the foreseeable future, it will be 7am here in Australia. Um, so you can catch me at endure.com.au or endure web on the socials and excited to talk all things WordPress 6.2. Awesome. Hey everyone, Tim Streifler here broadcasting from San Clemente, California, where it is a cool 2 p.m. Uh, <laughs> actually, after lunch is when I start to get I'm the so little jealous. bit of a slump. Uh, so I'm, I'm drinking some uh, water <laughs> with a... <laughs> A little bit of something, something uh, it makes it sound like I'm drinking alcohol. It's actually not. It's like amino acids and has a little bit of electrolytes and it like gives me a boost in natural energy. Um, wow. I'm not getting drunk on Divi chat, just to be clear. Uh, you can find <laughs> me online at Divi life where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, tutorials, and online courses. And uh yeah, this is going to be a interesting episode because two out of the three of us, I'm just going to get, put it out there, have not spent very much time at all, if any, with WordPress 6.2. Um, so I'm not going to share who has or has not. Uh, oh, there's four of us now. So maybe <laughs> two out of four or three out of four. We will, we, will, we will find out, Tim. We will find out. Let's let's keep everybody um, hanging. Um, and uh, Eric, thank you for thank you for joining us. I think you're on mute um you're probably just still sorting out your your audio there so um yeah do you want to do you want to carry here. on just introduce yourself hey everybody uh eric here so sorry i am running late um but happy to be jumping in here from mexico city um was wrapping up a sales call just signed on a a new client after uh, doing their proposal presentation. So I'm nice. um, excited. I'm feeling like it's time to eat dinner out tonight. So pretty excited for that. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So happy to be here again. Sorry, I'm running late. Um, you can find me. My web design agency is in transit studios where we help local businesses get more customer activity by turning their website into a marketing hub. Um, and you can connect with me personally at ericdingler.com. Thanks, Aries. Um, uh, my name is Mike Devitt, owner of Web Design Pro, where we build new online businesses by learning about their business first. Since 2015, I've learned a number of different skills through new clients. And if you can learn about a business, you can help that person succeed. And succeeding is what makes us tick. And uh, you can find me at uh, www.webdesignpro.co and all the socials. So last Wednesday, after its scheduled release was delayed by one day, uh, web designers and developers everywhere were treated to WordPress version 6.2. Now, normally we always define a subject here on Divi Chat, and there is one person that has a unique ability to be able to explain and summarize any subject our team come up with. Uh, without wanting to teach anyone to suck eggs here, I thought defining WordPress was probably a bit of a stretch, as many of our viewers know what this is. But how much do you know about WordPress core updates themselves, numbering system, what it means? As it, and is there anything you can do to stop WordPress from upgrading on your website if you don't want it to? So, uh, Tim, would you uh, yeah. like to do the honors? Absolutely. So before I do that, I want to say it is uh, funny slash, um, I guess, motivating. Um, anyways, that they they missed the deadline 
but yeah. by one day. Normally it's like, oh yeah, we're not going to make that deadline that we had talked about and it gets pushed out two weeks, right? Three weeks, a month, two months, but up just a day. Like, oh, we're not going to make it, but don't worry, it's coming out tomorrow. That typically doesn't happen in software development. So kudos to the WordPress core development team and actually getting it out basically on time, which is impressive with any software. So, um, but yeah, as Mike said, uh, WordPress updates are, uh, it used to be that they would save the big like 4.0, 5.0, 6.0 or whatever for big updates. They no longer do that. Um, and they also no longer try to have a certain number of updates a year. There was a few year period where they were pushing to have, you know, three, four core updates a year. Now they no longer do that. Now it's, they have certain things they want to get done. They decide they're going to be in this release and then these other things are going to be the next release. And then, you know, they schedule a deadline, but they're, they're no longer pushing to like have four updates a year like they did way back in the day. Um, and then another thing too, is they just go in order, right? So uh, 6.2 is not uh, any uh, greater than 6.0 or any less awesome than 6.0. Uh, it's just the numbering system that they do. And so um, every company, every software is a little bit different. For example, with with Divi, Divi's numbering system, uh, and, and they've made this really clear, it's been this way for a long time, um, a major number change. So for example, 5.0 is something like drastically different to the product. So for example, Divi 3.0, was the introduction to the visual builder. Divi 4.0 was the introduction to the theme builder. And then 5.0 is a complete code overhaul, getting away from the short code builder. They've already been working on it for, I think, over a year. It's probably going to be another year till it fully comes out. Um, and so Divi saves the major numbers to really, really big core changes. And then the point numbers are feature updates. So for example, uh, what, what Divi number are we on right now? Let's be real while you're looking at that. Part of the reason that they do that, well, I don't know if it's part of the reason that they do that, but I think a smart reason they do that is because when they did, was it 2.6, 2.4, 2. point something, they did a major update, but they didn't really let us know it was a major update and all our sites broke. <laughs> Because yeah, we true. just thought it was like a minor release, but it like fully killed our headers because anyone who had custom CSS, suddenly it broke everything. And so from that point forward, they've been really, really clear with us. And whether they choose to do it on a major number or like WordPress here, where they're just speaking loudly about it as they do it, it kind of doesn't matter how they approach it as long as they're loudly communicating, this is a really big update. And you need to understand that this is a really big update before you move forward. I think that's the yeah. important thing because when we didn't realize it was a big deal to many of us <laughs> back in the day. And uh, I wonder if Divi's learned from that. Yeah, absolutely. No, great point, Sarah. So uh, the current version of Divi is 4.20.4. And so again, as I mentioned, the, the first number in 4.20.4 is the the big version of divi right and then the point and then the number is the feature update so 4.20 the big feature update was divi cloud sharing and then since then 4.20.1 4.20.2 4.20.3 and then 0.4 have all been bug fixes and small little enhancements yeah. and, and things like that so that's how divi does it every software is different the way that wordpress core does it is in a kind of in a similar way, except for the big number just changes after they get to nine and then it just rolls over to the next big number. Yeah. And so 6.9 is then going to be 7.0. Yeah. And so, um, but they, the, the so 6.2 is a big core update with new features. And we're going to talk all about them in this episode of Divi Chat. <laughs> and then 6.2.1 or 0 .0 0.1 or whatever, all the numbers that follow are security patches, small bug fixes, little things like that that happen from time to time um, and are important to do. And so basically when it comes to WordPress updates, the big ones like 6.2 and the next 6.3, those are the ones you want to kind of want to pump the brakes on. Don't update right away. If you do want to take a look right away, then make sure you do a backup and then you update on staging and test it there. And uh, because a lot has changed. 
um, the smaller little security patches or small little bug fixes, those you can pretty safely do pretty quickly. Um, however, again, you still want to have a backup and you still want to test, right? You want to practice best practices when it comes to updates. But that's kind of the general gist of how WordPress core updates. Mike, please feel free to uh, add anything if I missed anything there. Yeah, and I was just going to say that um, just, to, uh, just adding perhaps a little bit of code into your WP config file if you don't want your sites to auto upgrade because many hosts these days set um, sites when you set sites up uh, they might have something in the control panel which automatically upgrades wordpress as soon as it's available and with this update i've already noticed uh, a few sites that have, have had some some problems um most um uh, the particular sites that have had problems have had uh, clean talk installed on them and mm -hmm. so there have been a number of errors. I've been getting errors via, um, you know, the the automatic WordPress critical troubleshooting emails that are sent out. So if you don't want um, your WordPress websites to be updated, um, there is a piece of code um, that you can add to your WP config file, um, which basically says WP auto update core false. So. Um, we can actually put that into the chat and uh, yeah and and the reason why a lot of hosting companies do that is uh, historically WordPress websites get hacked more than non-wordpress websites and isn't because WordPress is any less uh, or any sorry any more vulnerable than any other platform it's just that WordPress is so popular that it's yeah. easy for hackers to program bots to go and attack them yeah. um, and then, what they found over the years is the sites that are able to get hacked are typically running outdated versions of WordPress that have these fixes, these security patches have long been patched. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and so that's why the, the hosts want to automatically update sites so that the sites don't get hacked. And so if it's like something slightly breaking in a new version versus a site getting hacked, they'll choose breaking. But as Mike said, if you're on top of it and you're managing your sites well, then you can put that code in so it doesn't auto update so that you have time to test things first. But again, well, you don't so want to just leave it there um, forever. Yeah. Like my host has a setting update. So there's options, right? There's options of update every time there's a WordPress update. So I'm in Plesk. I don't know what it's like in cPanel. I'm pretty sure it's the same, but there's this setting. You can just select any of your sites that you've got in it. So if you're managing lots of them, say all of them, and then you can just set your settings. So you can either have update every single WordPress update, no matter what you can update just minor ones, um, or you can say, don't update. So you've got the three options. They're just the tick box. You can set it for all your sites all in one go, which is great. I have mine set to minor updates. So the idea is as soon as a major update comes out, I'll take my time. Usually I'll wait. I mean, we'll probably get to it, but usually I'll wait till there's an 0.1 or a 0.2, and then I'll run the update for everybody. But otherwise, if a security patch comes out and I'm on that next major version, yeah, I want you to update. I want you to go forward and do all of those um, bug fixing patches. That's totally fine. But for the major update, I'll do it when I'm ready. Um, so that's how I have mine set. And it's literally just a tick box. So um, I haven't done any custom code in mine at all. And that's all in Plesk. And I'd assume um, cPanel has a similar system. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you start to build up a, a number of websites in your portfolio, especially if you're doing maintenance for them or supporting clients in any way, shape or form, uh, the last thing you want is for an update to occur and then you've got 25 sites that need urgent attention and it it's it's just very good idea to just call up call a halt to it wait for anything to come out into the wild if anything has, has happened um and then make sure that your um your whole system is 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 set as you want it to be so you upgrade when you are ready and not when the hosts want you to be ready. Um, so um, it, I think the interesting thing with um, uh, some of the updates that we've had in the past with, with WordPress going back quite a while, um, there was a, there was a couple of them that did, you know, cause a, quite a few problems and also have issues with, um, but real vulnerabilities in them. So we don't know yet if there are any vulnerabilities in 6.2, 
but I'm I'm more I'm more than uh, sure that there are people out there already that have reported issues, reporting bugs, reporting things in, and the team will be working on it. Um, but that's like what we always used to do as we talked about with Divi. So you'd have a new version of Divi and not necessarily there would be any issues with Divi in terms of its vulnerabilities, um, but it might break something. So um, whatever you've got going on, if you've got different configurations, different plugins, different variations of plugins going on on your websites, um, just because it might be something you've inherited or something that you've got as part of your stack, um, first and foremost, make sure that you are you have a backup and not just a server backup. Make sure you've got some external backups. You might use, um, say, MainWP or ManageWP, and you've got the opportunity to have a backup on there um, and also take a backup um, externally for somewhere else as well, as well as your server backup. And then you've got three chances of putting the site back should, should you need to. So um, I, one of the things I noticed actually in the chat uh was uh that's right greg uh mentioned he says also make sure you're running a php version that is optimized for it so we've talked about um php in fact i don't know what everybody else is running but i'm on 8.1 with most of my sites now um i think there was um you know we sort of went from 5.6 to any version of 7 and then 7.4 seemed to be with us for quite a while um but none of those are supported anymore so you've got to look at the supported uh, versions of php as well that's not to say that 6.2 won't run on an older version of php but just look at your versions of php as well because that's a really really important part of your stable foundations of your website yeah and, and on that note i mean generally you want to be running the latest version of php that your host supports that is considered to be like fully released right mm -hmm. you don't want to necessarily be on the cutting edge because then you might have issues with the plugin or, or divi that's not running well but generally you don't want to be lagging behind on php version because um when it comes down to performance P the fast the newer versions of php run faster and so typically yeah. you'll see little speed improvements and everything's just going to run smoother on the newer version so yeah. you generally don't want to be using a really outdated version of php anyways yeah. having said that though like i've had about three clients come to me in the last couple months who have all come basically because they can't up upgrade their php so the issue with PHP, and really this topic isn't about PHP, but the issue with PHP is that if you have anything custom on your site, if you're running any sort of plugin that is not continuing to be supported, which obviously we talk about not picking those plugins, but I'll ha I've had lots of clients that have said, oh, my theme now is no longer updating, therefore I can't update PHP, I can't update, like they can't do anything, they can't move forward because they need to update their PHP, but basically they need to rebuild their site. And so whether that's a plugin that's stopping you or whether it's your theme that's stopping you, um, you can't just willy nilly update PHP. Like PHP is probably more important than the WordPress version in terms of your process of updating, because you will 100% kill your site, like yeah. in a real bad way <laughs> with updating PHP. Um, and so, yeah, that one's a tricky one, unfortunately. It's Often the only you way you just need to rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Joan's got a question in the chat. She says, uh, what does the update mean for Divi and other page builders? Anybody want to take that one? Is that in in related to updates in general or this specific update I in, in probably the features included? This update, um, Joan will probably tell us in a second, but um, I think probably if you take the question on, on this update, Tim. Um, well, how about I take the question on on in general? <laughs> okay, do it both. <laughs> <laughs> because so uh, basically, when WordPress updates, right, plugins and themes typically need to update as well to stay compatible. Um, not always. Sometimes things don't change that affect a certain plugin or a theme, and so um, not every plugin and theme is going to update with each and every major update of WordPress. But um, one thing that's kind of worth noting is. If you're using plugins and themes that are built 
well in that they're built to WordPress standards and best practices, then generally things aren't going to majorly break when you update WordPress without updating the plugin or theme because WordPress spends a lot of time making sure that the things that they're changing isn't going to completely ruin the entire WordPress ecosystem, right? If people don't update in the right order. Um, but generally when you see a major WordPress update, you'll typically see an update for your theme come shortly after it. And so that's generally another good reason why it is good to wait uh, for the major WordPress updates is to give themes and plugin developers time to catch up and get their release out there to keep everything compatible. And again, it's usually small things. It's usually not major things that are going to completely, you know, uh, wreck your site if you don't update. But um, yeah, Mike or Sarah, I'll let you t talk about this update specifically because I'm my knowledge on six point two is is minimal. So I'm here to learn as well. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a second. I'm just gonna do a little bit more a uh, little bit more history before six point two because six point two is very much building on full site editing. Um, so let's just go back a little bit to uh, what WordPress was like before Gutenberg came along. So um, before Gutenberg came along, we were um, creating our WordPress websites and uh, many of our uh, customers might have used like uh, the classic editor, which has this WYSIWYG, um, almost looks like Microsoft Word. Um, that you could um, add all of your um, updates, your text and, and things like that into, into a page. Um, and uh, at that point, we over, um, obviously we had Divi, we were putting Divi over the top of that. Um, and then Gutenberg came out, um, which was uh, an introduction, introduction to blocks and block-based editing. And that actually, uh, Gutenberg was introduced in WordPress 5, which was released all the way back in November 2018. And at that point, everybody went, oh, this is it. Page builders are dead. <laughs> you know, they've, they've changed the game and all the rest of it. And uh, that's five years ago now. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, um, But I think what's happened then, since then, many sort of website owners have um, sort of tried um, using blocks, try to use Gutenberg. And like we said, that the sort of Facebook, group, Facebook groups were full of chat about the ultimate end. And here they are, here we are five years later, but there's quite a few new kids on the block. So we've got things like Generate Press, um, we've got Cadence, uh, we've got Bloxy, um, but still the number one and number two page builders of Elementor and Divi still dominate the market. And I still come across Elementor and Divi all the time in other in other client sites with, with WordPress. So make no mistake, I think the thing that we're going to be discussing also here tonight is that is this is WordPress 6.2 um, full site editing at the point now where you could start creating uh, sites for your customers in full site editing and WordPress 6.2. And I think we'll come to a conclusion yeah. uh, about that a little bit later on. So, um, so the change that really introduced full site editing was WordPress 5.9. So my question to um, anybody actually in our chat and around this, around this, that this group, has anybody actually created a website using full site editing yet, or have they just had a sneaky look? And thought, do you know what? I'm I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to, to to go down that rabbit hole. What does everybody think, Eric? Have you have you tried it at all? Uh, no, no, I I, I, <laughs> I didn't. And I, I I took a little peek, and even if it was to, you know, even if it is, I shouldn't say was. I, I don't know enough yet. Um, even if it is to the point. I, I can't see myself switching away from using uh, Divi. Okay. Yeah. Is that, what is the reason for that? Is that because you think that there isn't enough in it yet for you to be able to create websites quickly? What What would be your major we, motivation about it? We have 102 sites we're currently managing on Divi and it yeah. just makes it a lot faster. Anytime something comes in, um, 
it, there would be a learning curve and then i would suddenly have some sites on this and some sites on that so for me it's for, it's a it's a business you know service issue yeah. maybe if i was starting out and, and didn't have so many sites i, I don't know but mm. not not at this point okay yeah Tim? i <laughs> I hate I hate Gutenberg. I I tried I've tried I've tried so many times. I've played around with it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like the UI, I'm like I'm so confused trying to figure things out. And obviously, I'm very very familiar with Divi. I've been using it since the day it was released, and I've create products for Divi, so I'm very familiar with the way Divi works and the way the UI is set up. And to me, it makes sense. But I haven't been able to make sense of Gutenberg in a way where I could actually use it. Obviously, I'm sticking with Divi regardless, but I've just tried to be like, all right, what is the fuss about? A lot of people like it, right? So it must be well-designed, but I can't wrap my head around it. And to me, it's really clunky, the UI, the way it's designed. It's not designed in a user-friendly way, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that's that's my opinion. I also, even, like, even if it was really, really good, um, from a business standpoint, I would rather... If I'm going to build a business, if I was still creating client sites every day, um, I'd rather build my business around a company that is financially motivated to provide a really good user experience, really good uh, support, really good features. When you have a nonprofit like WordPress that is delivering functionality now, which previously pre-Gutenberg, it was very minimal, right? They kind of just set the, the base, the skeleton, right? And they, they re relied on theme developers and plugin creators to provide the functionality and all of all the features. But now with Gutenberg, they're delivering features and functionality, um, but there's no, like, it, they're a nonprofit, right? And there's no customer support. And, and so to me, it's all these missing pieces it, it, where it's like, why would I build my business around that? And I know there's like, uh cadence and all those other ones out there that um kind of fill in some gaps and do provide that customer support and everything but i just personally can't get on i wouldn't be able to get on board with building a business around something like gutenberg just because of how it ends up at, with the nonprofit aspect and if that makes any sense at all but yeah no it's a really yeah no that's really interesting that you you just mentioned that because that doesn't matter what um you use whether you're using i think uh there was one but he, uh greg again says that he's um using a favorite called uh breakdance at the moment and it's just so many different types that are, uh, are rolling in and rolling and you're just like which of these companies is going to still be here in in, in five years time with a flooded market with um uh like we said with cadence with generate press somebody's gonna sort of emerge from from that market anyway um yeah. but the the point you were making about support uh and um having to go to somebody so this is the thing when when we talk about page builders and we talk about uh, an established business elegant themes have got a very very strong established core business so their their ability to be able to respond and deal with major issues and major problems that, that people might have is it is, is is vast and same goes with sort of elemental which is you know they're always sort of vying for for number one spot um whereas um if you've got a situation whereby um you know you use you, you are sort of relying on and somebody picking picking up a bug or picking up an issue and you've created a site using full site editing and it just doesn't work and you just can't get a response what are you going to do so it's kind of like you're always going to be relying. I think the point I went back to make, I'm trying to make is you're always going to be relying on somebody else to support you unless you just code everything from scratch. And then, of course, you've then got that. If you code everything from scratch and you build your own templates and you, you do your own thing, um, then um, you're, yeah, you're, you've got your site sorted and, you, you know, there are different ways to build in WordPress. Um, but ultimately, you you don't have that crutch, if you like, of being able to fall back on somebody um, should anything go wrong. So, Sarah, have you um, have you had a go uh, with it at all? I've spent a grand total of twenty minutes in the new <gasps> WordPress six point two. I did it this what about, morning. What because... about Gutenberg overall? 
20 minutes in Gutenberg <laughs> overall. <laughs> no, that's not true. There's a couple of sites who have Gutenberg functioning, their blogs, that kind of thing. So, like, I've done little bits and pieces here and there. Um, I did want to have a play with it this morning. I happened to wake up a touch early, which is very exciting. Um, and I've got to say, I do think it's confusing. I do think, but that's coming from someone who works in Divi. So I've had a couple of clients lately who've come to me who have Elementor. I have the same experience in Elementor. It's not that Elementor is not good. And if I was starting again, I would definitely be still debating between Elementor and Divi. And I would go one way or the other. And I don't think it really matters which way you go personally. I think they're both good products, but they both function super differently. And everything yeah. is located in a different place. And the process is completely different. For me, it was the same experience. So working with Gutenberg was confusing. I couldn't work out where things were. But when I stumbled across bits and pieces, I thought, oh, this is kind of useful that all these things, like it, the um, template things are all living together, that I could create a button and then I could save it as a reusable block and then when I went to add a new block and I said add button then my new green button showed up like that's very similar to Divi in a lot of ways when I went into the footer area they had like 20 footer options to like templates that you could just whack one in and then start to edit so I think for someone who's new I think for someone who's coming along fresh I think it's not too bad and I think that if someone just had one site, that's all they had, and maybe they pick a theme, maybe, but then is it going to be supported? But I think there's some not bad stuff in it. Like yeah. I think as a whole, if you're trying to keep a site really light, if there's like you're really trying to manage speed, maybe, like maybe, right? And if you just started with that and you didn't have Divi as an experience, I think it's a lot closer to Elementor than it is to Divi in terms of the user experience and how it functions, how you move things around, how the rows and columns function is probably sitting a lot closer to Elementor. And so for people who use Elementor, maybe they would find it simpler to use both in conjunction on different sites. But for me, I think I'm similar to Eric in terms of it, uh, time functionality, it just is never going to make sense. Like, and looking at it, yeah, there's new stuff that's great. Like you can edit all of the typography in one place and you can edit the buttons and the header and the footer and that stuff is fabulous, right? But it's so limited in every other way. So no matter what you do, you're either going to need to custom code stuff or you're going to need to rely really heavily on plugins. Mm. And so that's fine. Like there's going to be some good companies out there, but there's going to be some crap companies out there who are not going to survive through. And how do you know which ones you're picking when it's early in the game? How do you know how to make sure that you're with someone? Like I've, I've got a client that I met with yesterday and he's just had a site built with all this custom stuff and the site was built with an unsupported theme. So now they're six months down the track and they're like, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> but because there's so much custom stuff built in for that particular theme, they can't just change themes. So there's going to be a lot of clients who, you know, try out all these plugins and then suddenly realize they can't update things or it doesn't fully support the next version of Gutenberg. So for me, all of that stuff, I am not concerned about the future of Divi or Elementor or whatever page builder you want to use because they're years ahead. Like, years and years ahead and when I think about Divi like I think what is coming is really exciting and what they're working on and the full overhaul and the making it faster like I'm happy to hold on because I know it's coming and I know it's exciting and if I was starting again sure maybe I would consider Elementor like I don't think I don't think it matters right I'm staying in with Divi. I'm really happy. The future of Divi feels secure for me. Like I've got no questions at all, but is Gutenberg okay? Yeah, it's not too bad. If there was a way for Gutenberg to function really flawlessly with Divi, which I haven't played around with, but if my clients could write their blogs in Gutenberg and then I could have my website functioning, which I'm pretty sure I've done in one site, but I'm not sure. Um, I think Gutenberg is pretty straightforward for the end user. And at the moment, I think it's almost more straightforward than Divi for yeah. my clients to be able to write a blog post. So like nine times out of 10, I don't let them use Divi, <laughs> like as in to write, if all they're doing is writing a blog post. 
they just do it in the usual editor because all they have to do is add some text, add some images. Gutenberg, I think, is more straightforward even than that. And I think that... So you're kind of doing a, hybrid, a kind of hybrid situation there. So instead at of... At the moment, I, yeah. think Divi, I think Divi will get there in terms of you know, um, being easier and easier for our end user. But I do have a number of clients who accidentally delete blocks, like delete whole sections. And, you know, Divi's quite confusing for someone who is new. And I fully appreciate that. But so is Gutenberg and so is Elementor and so is every other. Like when you're new, it's overwhelming. So really it's just about picking something that you can explain really well to your end user. Yeah. Um, how it functions. That's my experience. I don't think it's bad. Well, I think it's come a long yeah. way. That's exciting. I... Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead, Eric. I, I was going to say, I, I think the other thing is, to me, um, coming back from the business side of it real quick, is this this highlights to me the importance for all of us, no matter what stage we're in and, and doing this, this online business thing is, you, you need to think about and establish some core values that help you make decisions. And like, you know, our brand promise says that our focus is for our client's ultimate success. And the design plays an impact, but there's a reason people say content is king. So the other thing for me is I'd rather spend time and invest time in getting better at um, the content side of the website because that's what's going to actually determine whether my clients have success or not. Are we putting on the right words and are we putting, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I think once you find one of these tools that you can work in and work in quickly, that's another reason I like staying with it because yeah, you can play and experiment and test with this one and test with that one, but I would rather take my time and not play with different themes. And I'd rather play with getting better at creating you know, headlines or coaching headlines or finding a copywriter to work with and, and stuff like that. Because so, yeah. ultimately we have to put our client success above even our preferences. And like Sarah said, like what's easy, who's going to be working on the website after it's built and, and, and what's going to be easier for them. And so again, I think it's just important always be thinking about your, and I love that. I really learned this from Sarah, you know, uh, just always be thinking about your clients first. Yeah. Um, so a couple, a couple of things, uh, I agree with, with Sarah, like going back, like starting with, you know, comparing Divi versus Elementor and even Beaver Builder too, like they all have a lot of valuable features and there's not a wrong answer, right? There's not like just one right answer. And so if I was creating clients, I would choose one of those options over, uh, well, if I wasn't choosing Divi, I would choose one of those other options over Gutenberg because those, from my experience, choosing them or playing around with them, it at least makes sense. Gutenberg just doesn't make sense. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But um, my whole thing, because Sarah, you mentioned with uh, having your clients use Gutenberg for blog posts because that's more straightforward than Divi. Um, my question is, is it more straightforward than the classic editor? Because to me, that was the most straightforward thing for a client, for them just to be able to write and kind of having, like what Eric was saying, having content, right? And and and, and uh, letting the, the client create content. And so I think content should be separate from design. Yeah, Let totally. either... The, the professionals, us, our audience, cr do the design and let clients do the content creation and don't have them in a page builder like Gutenberg in order to just write a blog post. And so that's my whole gripe with Gutenberg is it's forcing them to basically do like design and layout instead of just letting them write a blog post and let, you know, the theme builder and, and the page builder control how that is formatted on the front end and, and how it fits into the rest of the site. And so I feel like with Gutenberg, it's forcing the end user to have to do some level of design and, and layout instead of just having the option of just doing the classic editor. I think if Gutenberg, like I love the way Divi does it, where Divi's like classic, when you have classic editor turned on, you can do Divi or classic editor on a per page or per post basis. If Gutenberg had that, where it was like, Use the yeah. Gutenberg Builder block editor or use the classic editor. And you could toggle between the two on a per page or per post basis. I would be like way more into Gutenberg. But because it's it's like all or nothing, it it just really it just yeah. really grinds my gears. 
yeah i think when i first uh when i first saw it it was it's kind of like the train pulls up at the station the, the gutenberg train pulls up at the station are you gonna get on and i went no nah, and i let it go past and then the next version came out and i thought no nah, let that one go past and then i decided that i was going to give it a, a bit of a go and and i thought well if i'm going to give it a bit of a go with blocks i really want to try some of the new uh block based uh using like a block based theme if you like and trying to do something perhaps serious with it so i tried cadence and uh and i've done a couple of sites uh with cadence and uh and the experience has been pretty good but that's a company that is building blocks and 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 as it's still creating a lot of stuff in the dom there's still a lot of dominance going on there's still a lot of a business going on behind the scenes if you like so what we're talking about tonight is just using 6.2 full site editing and not anything else because anything else is still building pages it's still using another company to do it so um I did ask a question in the chat and the chat has uh, has responded and Ken was the uh, only one that said I'm supporting one relatively simple site using FSC. If I've mis missed anybody that said that they've actually had a go at it or is supporting anybody, please uh, shout now. But I think that's really. I think that's the key though, right? Is. Like it's mm. going to have to be simple if you're going to do it just fully through Gutenberg and yeah. you're going to have to 100% rely on um, some plugins to achieve what you want to achieve. Like if all it is is text, sure, like, you know, you might be able to do it just with Gutenberg, but you're probably going to need a couple plugins to be able to achieve it. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that that is the consideration hmm. when you're considering it. I just don't know. Like I can't see any reason why. It's worth it. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> so okay. I also wanted to make another point. Hmm. Uh, Tim brought up earlier about support and about picking. We always talk here about picking the big companies because they're going to be around. And hmm. the ones that you pay are more likely to stick around. And, yes, it costs you money. But the more sites you have, the more economic that becomes. Um, totally. In the latest, like, I don't know what it's like for you guys with using Elegant Themes support. I used to use it a lot in the early days. The support was great. There weren't as many uh, customers. It was really great. I got a lot of tips and help and then I used the Facebook groups. I've stopped using Elegant Themes support because nine times out of ten, it would take a really long time to get a response and then also I would get like a really basic level of support. And so the issue for me was, yeah, I know. <laughs> like I felt like I was constantly having to say, I understand Divi, I live in Divi this thing isn't functioning i'm only coming to you because we're at the next level of that and yeah. that was really frustrating so i stopped and then in the recent sale i saw the vip support and i thought you know what i'm going to give it a go for a year and just see what this vip support is like yeah and i have used it three times in the last week and every time you get a response within 30 minutes <sighs> you get a response level that is higher than the traditional elegant theme support. So you don't start at level one, you kind of start at level two or level three. I don't even know how their system works. But each time there, there were even questions that I went with that I said in my mind, I was like, I wouldn't normally come with this. I'm sure they're just going to say that's beyond our scope. Yeah. But every time I got an answer and it fixed my issue, they didn't even have to go into the back end. They knew the answer straight away. It like it was amazing and so this is not an ad for it like i paid money for this thing but i guess what i want to say is in conjunction with what tim's saying that if you're going with a company who you are financially supporting in some way you're probably going to get a better service and for me like i'm on a lifetime divi i'm not paying divi any money anymore so for me to pay annually for this service of vip support has already paid itself off in one week because the answers that i got and the speed that i got that answer uh, was incredible and so i'm really happy with that and i think that's the key right like we talk about hosts in the same way like are you going to get the support that you need from a host when your site goes down well you used to with some companies and now you don't so picking your host is yes it's about the hosting yes it's about how fast it functions but I would say 80% of it is when something goes wrong, does that company help you fix the issue? Um, and so I think what I've learned is that 
this VIP thing with Dibby is 100% worth the money because I can ask the questions that I can't normally ask or I can't even ask in the Facebook groups because nine times out of ten I'm trying to do something that isn't really that traditional and I can't work out why it's not working. And mm. so... Um, it's almost been yeah, a subtle, subtle matter. that one, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, the VIP... Uh, for the VIP support, and uh, I think that's the tip of the week because um, the fact that you've you've tried that and used that, and you've had a really good um, experience of that, I think that's that's really great for everybody that's uh, that's watching the show. So yeah. we really ought to talk about six point two before we get to the end of the program and what's actually changed. I need to say one one thing, Mike, on, and then man. I promise we'll get to. I totally agree with what Sarah's saying. Where I've been there, uh, not just with elegant teams lower tier support but also like with hosting where mm -hmm. i'm asking a question and it's not only that they don't know the answer but they don't even understand the question and that's frustrating because yeah. it's like man i've been using wordpress like since you were in <laughs> diapers you know not really but like <laughs> that's how i feel sometimes where i'm like i'm trying to explain something about like for this happened with with hosting before and i'm trying to walk them through like normally you guys have this and this but like i've done this and blah 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 and other tier two or three tech people told me to do this and so now i need to do that again and like i'm like trying to coach them through and it's like so infuriating so it's like you get to that higher level of support oh my gosh it's like mind-blowing so you know yeah. where i always get super great support the very few times i need it divvy life just saying it <laughs> but it's true yeah. anytime yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it's it's the one place i never have to go back and forth it's like hey i got this yeah. question it's like oh it's this it's this or or maybe like hey give us access and then boom it's soft and so boom. i'll just throw that out there that's another awesome. great support this, it this episode support, isn't about, about support, support. <laughs> but having said that, just to like tuck this in there in the side, because all of us feel we support all the time. And I guess what we're saying is, well, with Gutenberg, you're not going to get support, right? Like yeah. you're just not. Like you're going to have to go to a forum. You're going to have to ask these questions. But if you are asking the questions, so say you choose to use Gutenberg and you're like, crap, I don't know how to fix this thing. And you go to a forum. My biggest tip on asking support is don't just do it in text and don't just send an image of the thing. Send them a loom, make a video and say, this is what this thing is doing. And then it does this thing. And I have tested this thing, but show them visually and explain it. Because if you don't do that, you will get a dumb answer. It sounds bad. You will get a dumb answer, but in a forum, you'll get a dumb answer. In support, you'll get a dumb You'll get the answer as if you were someone who's brand new to it. And so I think there's something about the way that you approach getting support. And I'm sure there are Facebook groups for Gutenberg. So if you're going to go down this track and you want to ask the question in the Facebook group, don't just ask it by writing some text because people will assume you don't understand what you're talking about. So visually be able to show them, this is what it's doing. I have tried this. Yeah. Does anyone have any tips? So that would be my big advice because I don't know where else you're going to get support for Gutenberg other than a Facebook group or maybe a forum. Okay. Good right there. That is, that's another pro tip. Uh, to right. use Loom for support requests. Absolutely. Good. Right. I'm calling time on the support conversation because we're <laughs> talk about it's connected. Support. I tell you it's connected. Everything's connected. I'm not disputing that, but we we've only got an hour for the show and we've got 12 minutes to talk about all the new stuff in 6.2. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you know, I mean I think I think that to provide a little bit of um defense to <laughs> defend ourselves a little bit uh you know this is a wordpress 6.2 episode from the lens of divi chat and how it yeah. relates to our audience so yeah. I, you know i think this is all still very relevant even though we haven't like talked about all the new features and stuff yeah well we're gonna do it very quickly because yes um it's it it isn't it isn't remarkable but it's just worth making a few notes and just having a quick chat about some of the key things that I think have, have probably come out of it. So I'm going to sort of list them, but just then just sort of talk about um, a couple of just just focus on a couple of the, the bits and pieces. So with 6.2, um, just to let everybody know if they've not tried it, I would recommend trying it. Just recommend just go and give it a go. 
and actually just go and pick a simple site somewhere and say, can I build this in a block-based theme using Gutenberg blocks? Just try it. You know, it's even if you just get your hands under the hood to open the hood and have a look at what's underneath and try things out, um, you're going to have an opinion. You're going to be able to just say, OK, actually, I quite like this or actually, no, this is not for me at all. And and I think that's been the experience for most people so far. But that's not to say that it's not going to continue to grow and the people behind it are not going to continue to make it better. So, um if you do want to try it, uh, block-based themes can be found in the WordPress menu under Appearance, Themes, and then just select yourself a block theme. So install WordPress, do that, select yourself a block theme. And then um, obviously, if you just install WordPress without any theme, you get the, a default block theme anyway, which is 2023 theme. Um, and you can try that. But there's loads of different block themes. So. 6.2, what's in it? Well, there's a new design in, interface. So when you go into um, the actual uh, templates themselves, there's a new sort of menu on the left-hand side. There's a, a better interface there. Um, there's better management of the nav menus. So before, if you ever tried to fiddle around with the nav menus, that was not a great experience at all. So they've, they've really improved that. Um, but all these things um, are just like, for, for other things, uh, other ways in which we build are for, uh, are what we call the basics. So it's kind of like as you start to go into these things and you start to try and fiddle with you think, well, why doesn't that work? Or So certainly in 6.1, fiddling around with nav menus was, was not a great experience, but so they have improved that. Um, what they've also done, though, and you, you'll probably see this and you could probably recommend this to clients if they're creating like blog posts, as we say, then they want to do it in Gutenberg. There is now something that you've got to be aware of, and that is this open verse media right from the editor. So what that basically means is that um, you can clients can insert pictures from they can search for a picture and it will go off uh, and find a picture for you. And then they start going to then they're going to get a, 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 a prompt in front of them saying um, if you use that, this is an external image uh and you know you've got to be be aware that you're using an external image on your website so it's one of those things that you can't ignore what's going on with wordpress because if your clients are starting to add and they and they learn about it and they go off and start pulling all these images in and you think where's this image come from and why is why is this site slowed down or why is this page slow because it's pulling in an external image from somewhere else that's something to, to be aware of so i think that one's really important uh, they've got something called distraction-free mode. That's just for people writing because WordPress was always about blogging. So that's a, a, an option in there. And then something that we're all really used to with Divi, and that is a, uh, the sort of the ability to be able to create global styles. So now there is uh, something called a style book. And Sarah, I don't know if you got to see that uh, in 6.2 when you were fiddling with it earlier. But basically, if you go into any template, click on the half moon and then the eye, you can make changes to the style book and that will make changes to all of your um, all of your pre-configured settings like your buttons, your images, your header text, any kind of text that you've got going on. In fact, most of the blocks that are in front of you, you can custom customize those blocks and then they will, whatever you've done in there will change across the whole of your site. So. Uh, and again, we've we've been used to that already because so many of the other page builders uh, have been doing it. A couple of more things. Um, copy and pasting styles between blocks. That's new. Um, custom CSS in blocks. I'm never really happy about, I don't know what you guys think. Everybody use child themes? Everybody use child themes and put their CSS into child themes? Or do you do it in, in Divi? Um, I mean, I do typically mm. use a child theme. I just have a bare bones child theme. Yeah. Um, however, I am of the belief that not every website needs to use a, a blank child theme. Um, if all you're doing is using Divi's built-in controls and all that, and then maybe a few lines of CSS, 
you can put those in theme options and um, it's not going to hurt anything. And so, cause there, there used to be this uh, people would preach, always use a child theme on every single website. Mm. And where that came from was way before page builders, way before uh, having nice little theme, uh, custom CSS boxes in, in, a, in a theme options panel. And so people would say, if you're going to do any customizations, you use a child theme. And so, uh, but nowadays with, with Divi and, and, and even Gutenberg and other page builders, you have so much more control than you had back in the day. Cause before it's like, you would have to edit PHP templates or, or, or do a ton of custom CSS. So it always made sense to, to any, when doing any customizations to use, use a child theme. But these days it's a, it's just a whole different world. And for a beginner user creating a child theme, it's just like a whole nother hurdle and trying to wrap their head around why they need it and how to do it. It's just like, no, you don't need to worry about it. If you're just using the built-in controls, if you start editing PHP or JavaScript, then yes, use a, a, uh, a child theme. But if you're just doing a few lines of custom CSS and that's it, don't worry about it. I think if you're doing it for yourself, like if you're just building your own website, then, and all you're doing is CSS, like sure, don't do a child theme. But I think if you, is this is your business and you're creating a website for a client, using a vanilla child theme does multiple things. And I think it's worth it just from that perspective. So you get to have a child theme that you can put your own little image on it. Like I have my logo on it and then it's called custom designed um, theme by Endure. And so it looks really professional. So they're seeing like, oh, you created me this custom theme. And so that's part of my sales process is being able to say like, yeah, we're using Divi, but I'm creating you a theme that sits under Divi. And so, yeah, nine times out of 10, like we're just doing CSS. But to be honest, I always put some custom PHP in there. And it's the like silly little things, right? Like I create a short code for the year, the current year for the footer. Like that's the tiniest bit of, of like a function, but I like to have that sitting in the child theme because I don't have to think about it. It's always there. So I think if you've got a client having a really vanilla, really simple one, even if you're still putting the CSS in the theme options, that's fine. It doesn't have to go in the style um, file. That's totally fine. But I think it makes you look a little more pro. So if you you have clients, I I still reckon it's awesome. And then also too, if, if later down the road, they're like doing some of their own stuff and they like see a PHP snippet for like doing something for their WooCommerce checkout and they copy mm-hmm. it, like you want them to have a child theme to put that in. And so I totally agree for client sites, just use it if you're yeah. building a business around it. What I like to do, Sarah, is the same thing, except for I put the client's uh, logo, logo, like yeah, in nice. the screenshot and stuff. So then it's like, wow, they made it for us. Like this is so <laughs> you know, it it yeah. That's a good yeah. idea. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, there is one one last thing, uh, and that is the um, local fonts in themes um, is giving us the ability to load fonts locally. That seems to be quite um, an important thing uh, that's been doing the rounds, uh, certainly in the last um, last year or so. Uh, where um, people are loading uh, Google fonts locally rather than pulling them from Google for all of the uh, privacy issues that that, that come with that. GDPR. Um, Yeah, GDPR. And it's it's also faster, too, to load them locally. Yeah. Yeah. Google or uh, browsers, especially Chrome, Mm -hmm. used to cache Google fonts in the user's browser. So if, like, for example, Open Sans, that's a super popular font. So if the user had, had... been on a website that used open sans which most people have and your website uses open sans it was already cached in the in the user's browser but they no longer do that I, I don't really know understand why but so now it's like there's no there's no benefit of uh using google fonts over loading them locally so yeah thanks tim um so for those um diehard tv divi chat subscribers we thank you for you know attending every week and hope you're getting something each week from from us uh, on the channel i suspect that if i look through ratethispodcast.com forward slash divi chat for any reviews i might be disappointed so if i could just ask you to do one thing for us to continually support the show first hit the like button and i know carlos has been in the uh, in the uh, chat tonight um getting everybody to do that so thanks carlos um subscribe if you haven't already done so and then head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash chat 
and give us a review. If we make your week with one tip, then you could really make ours and we'd be we'd be thrilled if you if you did that for us. Um so should we do final thoughts on WordPress 6.2? Could <laughs> we have managed to get to the hour and uh, uh, and uh, discuss uh, WordPress and what's going on with WordPress and what's actually happening uh, in that sort of development of, of, of the CMS at the moment? So, Sarah, have you got any final things you want to say? Um, my final thought is I'm not going anywhere. Like, okay. pick a... Pick a big company and stick with it. I still think there's too many risks with Gutenberg. And even if you pick a theme, who created that theme? And are they going to be supporting that? Like, I don't really understand how the system works in terms of you install Gutenberg and then you pick a theme, right? But like, who's managing that theme? And what happens if that theme doesn't function quite properly or look quite right? Like, how does that work? So I just think it is not ready. Like it really is not ready. Yes, it's come a long way. Yes, the potential is exciting for people who are starting out, but like there's no reason to jump ship from Divi or Elementor or Beaver Builder or whatever the big companies that you're with. If you're picking one, like these kind of ones that are, you know, supporting blocks go for it but pick a big one pick one that is going to be sustainable my concern is it's also new that you don't know which company is going to stick around which one's going to make it uh, we all thought that um oh no i've forgotten it now but the form builder uh what is it that Caldera. Went away? Caldera. we all thought caldera had it we thought they were coming we, did, we thought yeah. they were going to stick around and then they were just gone so oh, my big advice is, is if you don't want that pain in the ass, then don't pick a little company and gamble that they're going to make it. I get that like you can get in now and get the lifetime deal and the like whatever. I just don't think it's worth a gamble. So I don't know, Debbie Downer here, but I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I like this might be the capitalist in me, but I like companies that are financially motivated by producing great things right like divi elegant themes they're financially motivated to provide a great product provide great support and people are paying them and if they stop producing something great their customers are going to leave right they're not going to be able to convert new customers and so with gutenberg it's like 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 divi for example they're listening to their customers it's some some of these things have taken a while like the whole short code thing and they're finally you know rebuilding divi but who who and what is determining the features in Gutenberg, right? Like there's no paying customers. So it's just, to me, it's just so convoluted and uh, it, it, it should be a foundation and a framework for other companies to build on and not be um, putting out features and functionality and all of that. That's like determined by a, a committee, right? Like I just, it doesn't make sense to me that, that they're, they've gone this direction. Obviously that we're five years into it. It's, it's here to stay, but um, I still can't get on board with it. Yeah, that's a, that's interesting points. Uh, Eric, what do you think? I'm sticking with uh, Divi. Um, you know, I am sitting here in, in Mexico City with my four kids and my wife, and uh, we are full-time travelers of the world, uh, thanks in a large part to Divi. Um, and so I'm going to keep supporting them. Um, I know what's coming down the the pipe with uh, Divi 5.0 and stuff like that. And I'm excited. I really think like this is a big, I, I really appreciate the fact that they're taking their time. They're really getting this update right when, when it comes out and they're, they've moved away from short codes. Like that's a, that's a big technical, you know, technical thing to over, overcome and to rewrite the core and stuff like that. Um, and I just, I'm confident that they're doing a great job with it. I'm not saying it, it, you know there won't be little hiccups here and there, but I think once they're done with that, what they're going to be able to do afterwards is just going to be super exciting. Um, yeah, and so, so I'm going to, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to stick with them. Um, I'm not going to jump to the new shiny thing. Um, so this is a I'm in this for the long haul. This is a I mean, maybe if, if it was a hobby or I was a, a DIYer just doing my own site, like maybe. Um, but this is, you know, I, I'm trying to look down the road, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and so uh, for now, I'm going to stick with it because of that. 
Cool. So I'm just going to say that um, very often I get a phone call from somebody and they'll say to me, oh, you know, I, I, found, you, I found you on Google and uh, I just want to know if you can help me with my, my WordPress website. And I'll say, yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, can you tell me what your domain name is? And, and they tell me the domain name and I do a quick inspect. And usually um, I, I put my head in my hands and it's something like, WP Bakery, or I've I've recently had a site with um, an exponent theme with the Tatsu Builder. I don't know if anybody's ever come across that. Um, <laughs> honestly, honestly, none of us have heard of it. That's not a good sign. No, uh, and then uh, I, I mean I've done. I've looked after Wix customers. I've looked after Squarespace customers. You're always there's always something out there that's been built and been built and a in a, in a particular way that you might have to get your head around if you're going to support somebody even for the short term before perhaps persuading them to move into um you know having their their site redone um i i was an all in eggs in one basket guy i was totally divvy i didn't do anything else and then i think it was gutenberg that came along that made me think i really ought to just give it a go and give it a try and 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 have you know just have a little play with it and see um if that was something that i was going to be ever serious about and my conclusion with 6.2 at the moment is that i would still not um create any website for any customer on it yet and i think sarah said that in the first five minutes of the show um so we could have done five minutes tonight and gone thanks very much we'll see you next week but actually i think what's been really interesting is just listening to everybody's experiences about you know um where wordpress has come where it's going and and the train's still pulling up at the station and we're all still standing there going no it's okay uh we're not quite ready yet so thank you for all coming tonight we've gone a little bit over time um i hope you all have a great week uh and uh, we shall all be back next week take care bye-bye <laughs>